Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Oh, it's going well. I survived a toothache this morning, and I'm feeling much better now. I don't know what the hell happened. I was in misery. I'm sorry, those are the worst. Oh, they were. But now I've got some drinks in me, and (laughs) I'm ready to tell some stories, and I feel better like it never even happened. So I'm ready to go. There we go. Love to hear that. What are you drinking today? We are drinking pink Russians, which mm. is a bit of a take on the white Russian, except for they're made with tequila rose added to it. Uh, and I kind of thought it was going to be gross. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's delicious. So, so good. It, it is so it. good. Like I've had, I think, two or three of them by now. So what is, so what, what's in it? Okay. And what is tequila rose? Good question, Caitlin. And I wish I had looked that up beforehand. Um, <laughs> I think liqueur. it's a strawberry liqueur made mm-hmm. with tequila. And so much as like Irish cream is made with whiskey, this is made with tequila. So mm-hmm. it's a pink creamy liquid that is super strawberry and super delicious. And I think I'm already slurring. So <laughs> sorry, Caitlin. Okay. To make the pink Russian, mm-hmm. it is two ounces of the tequila rose, which is probably where I got in trouble because, like I said, mine are all gone. Two ounces of tequila rose, one ounce of tequila. Oh, God. That's not right. <laughs> I'm starting over. Two ounces of tequila rose, one ounce of Kahlua, one ounce of vodka, and then like a half an ounce of half and half. And then you mix that in a shaker, pour it over ice. And you have got a delicious, pretty drink. Yeah, it's like a pale pink. Yes, it's a very pretty pink and creamy. I think you could so easily put this into a blender and make it into a blended drink, like a little milkshake, or even freeze it into popsicles and have a delicious creamy popsicle. I would like to do all of those. Yeah. No, that sounds... Alcoholic popsicle. Mm. (laughs) No, uh, yeah. These are very tasty, so... I mean, if you're lactose intolerant, though, maybe not, but maybe a little, you could probably pop a little almond milk or something mm. like that in instead of the half and half. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's super good. <laughs> I was just so surprised. Yeah. With the Kahlua and the strawberry and tequila, but it, it works and it's delicious. Beautiful. I was seeing yeah. quite a few. I was kind of poking through the tequila rose website, which is where we found this recipe, but they had a whole bunch of like peanut butter and jelly shots or peanut butter and jelly martinis. And I was like, I bet that is delicious. It's probably made with that screwball whiskey, you know, the peanut butter Mm. flavored Mm -hmm. little half and half shot. And they had banana splits, but I know you would hate that. Yeah. Banana is not Caitlin's jam. No, awful, terrible, hate it. Worst. You're terrible. I'll kill you. Oh I'm gonna make my own yeah okay, that great. turned out a little rough I'm sorry that was me no, it's fine you drink <laughs> all the banana shots you want bitch. <laughs> I'm not having any not one uh, that's too funny oh, um Lord. okay are you kick it off because okay. I have not had a lot of food I've had quite a few of these and She's I'm getting aggressive starting. yeah well they went down kind of quick. It turns out I was kind of hungry and they were a little bit filling. So Oh, great. All right. Like I'm well, not really super hungry anymore. Okay. Well, let's uh let's get going then. Or Michelle gets too sloppy. <laughs> All right. This story is about Morgan Scott. Morgan Scott. Okay. Yes. 
Morgan is 23 years old, and it is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Can I ask a quick question? Clarifying. Is Morgan a boy or a girl? Because it can go either way. Female. Female. Okay. Morgan Scott, female. Mm -hmm. What'd you say? 22? 23. That's what I meant. 23. (laughs) Sorry, Morgan. All right. Go ahead. And we are in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it is 8.30 a.m. and Morgan is heading to work and she works at the City's Planning and Zoning Commission. Oh, that can't be that fun. (laughs) (laughs) She was in a residential area when she gets into a fender bender by an SUV. Okay. Yeah. Like, did she rear end them? Kind of. So what it sounds like, what I was learning is the, the SUV was going down the street and there was a lot of traffic to turn into. So he was backing up the one way um, to try to turn around to go a different way. But while he was backing up, he hits her. Okay. It's in the rear of him, but he backs into her. Okay. She didn't like slam into him. No, no. Okay. Got it. So she pulls over, you know, expecting to, you know, change insert information licenses insurance all that kind of fun stuff yep yep you remember when we were in that fender bender caitlin yeah it was awful (laughs) i mean it was very slight but it was awful yeah oh i hate car accidents they just i do too even the slightest ones suck yeah i mean at least he's like yeah that's totally my fault like yeah good okay it sure was we were stopped at a red light yeah you hit us (laughs) it was your fault absolutely But the man does not pull over. He actually tries to flee. So Morgan is like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. So she pulls out her phone and starts taking pictures of his license plate. Okay. But as she is, like, in the street taking pictures while he's driving away, he stops and starts to back up towards her. So she's like, what is happening? So she runs into a driveway off the street to make sure, like, he doesn't, doesn't hit her. Get run down. Yeah. But then he like, so he backs up into that driveway and now she's on the lawn. Like what is happening? Yeah. But then what? he puts it in drive and just chases her down. What? Yeah. So she has like, she's wearing heels cause she's going to work and she sees that she, he is like driving towards her. So she tries to take him off and run in the lawn, but it's a rainy day and the, the lawn is slippery and her oh. heel got stuck. So she trips and falls. Uh. So he runs her over. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, I kind of expected you to say that, but also did not because it's just fucking crazy. Right. Uh. So the man runs her over and then he puts it in reverse and runs her over again. What the fuck is going on with it? Is this like a drug dealer or some previous already murderer who's running from, you know, the police or I don't know what? No, 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 none of that. Great. Actually, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But I tried, buddy, uh, but you're just a dick, as it turns no, out. Yeah. Uh, so he tries to flee, but a school bus actually shows up and blocks him in. He's <laughs> right in the in lawn. So he maneuvers and turns around and runs her over a third time to get away. Oh my God, this poor woman. Yeah. And this was all captured 
on camera. So they had security footage from a house and also a neighbor started to record the whole incident as well. Oh my God. So this poor woman, you can see it online. They don't actually show her getting run over, but you see you can... him chasing her down. Hell, mm-hmm. Oh my God. What a nightmare. The neighbors call 911 as two people run over to Morgan to see how she's doing. They put a blanket over her since it's on the wet, cold ground and she can't move and it's raining. Oh, God. I know. She's going to work. She is actually conscious at this time, but she's in a lot of pain. Yeah, I'm sure and has lots of injuries. She was rushed to the hospital and here is the list of injuries that she Uh, got. All right. A broken femur, and they had to undergo surgery to place a rod in her leg. Ugh. Both her knees were split open. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, Her ribs were broken on both sides. Her neck was broken in three places. Her oh liver God. was lacerated, and she received road rash on her face and had to avoid the sun. And what road rash was, because I didn't know what it was... It's an abrasion caused by friction. So when your skin gets like scraped off by a hard surface, that's what Yeah, I mean. like you skin your knee hardcore all over your face. Like that's right. what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. A few hours after the attack, police found the man sitting in his damaged SUV. The man is 56-year-old Vincent Jean. And he was charged with attempted murder, aggravated assault, and other crimes. For some reason, I thought this was going to be a young person. Hmm, I thought it was going to, I don't know. I thought this was maybe like a drug dealer and she didn't, he didn't want like his SUV to be seen or something. Mm. I don't know. I totally just envisioned a young person. Right. But no. No. Thanks, Vincent, Jean, or whatever the fuck your name is. Seriously. But luckily, Morgan is alive and she is overwhelmed and grateful for how many strangers reached out to her and showed her kindness. How come every single time the victims are so fucking awesome? Like, how is that? Like, these are obviously just amazing people trying to go about their days and have the worst things happen to them. Yeah. Was it like bad things happen to good people or something like that? What I'm (laughs) saying is terrible. Continue, Caitlin. She also thanks the support of her loving friends and family. She states, when it comes to my family, my friends, they're there for me, and I want to be there for them. Mm, of course she does. Even, I know. They even set up a GoFundMe that got over $120,000. Oh, that's good. It probably mm-hmm. helped with her massive medical bills. Yeah, absolutely. So Vincent is held uh, without bail and we are still waiting for a trial or a sentencing. So he's still in custody right now. Oh gosh. So he's still kind of in limbo. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it's, it's been over like a year, so I don't know what's happening. I try to look at the court documents from New Jersey and I couldn't find anything. I saw that he was in jail, but I didn't see any court dates so I'm, I don't know if they wonder if they're still hopefully gathering it, like, more evidence to, I mean, how much more evidence do you need? There's like camera, there's like witnesses, like bra. Yeah. Like, he hit her in the first place. I mean, yeah. So does it say at all? Like why he lost his mind? No, they are unsure what his motive. He just got so enraged by the accident and her taking pictures i guess and he just snapped 
Oh man, that's scary. We actually, uh, when I was, God, I had to be like 17 or something. We had driven to LA, uh, me and my boyfriend and, uh, we got on the freeway. We ended up, I don't know if I've told you the story before, but I'm sure I have. Anyway, we ended up in two car accidents within a half an hour of each other, trying to make our way to stupid Disneyland. I do remember. (laughs) So the first one, we rear-ended someone because we were getting onto the freeway. We were kind of on the on-ramp going over a hill and right on the, right beyond sort of the peak of the hill, there was a whole line of cars. So we had been like accelerating and then, er, so we hit them. So that sucked. They were totally cool though. Change information. And we're like, you know what? It wasn't too bad. We're going to keep on going. And so we keep on going. And then we got rear-ended by a truck. And we're like, and so we pull over and they don't stop. And so we (gasps) end up trying to follow them for, I don't know, like a half hour or something. Like going through all these roads. And finally we're like, we're in a place that we don't know. Mm. We don't know where these people are trying to like escape to and so finally we're like it's not even worth it (laughs) i have uninsured motorist coverage let's just kind of go on our way and be done Mm. with it so that was just kind of a cursed trip i guess from the start (laughs) did we make it to disneyland that day yes and then we spent our whole time waiting in line for indiana jones because it had just opened up oh wow it was like five hours or something dumb and then the closed so Wow. Okay. Not our best day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound like it, though. No. Uh, so here's a few facts about road rage, because it seems like it's just more dangerous. I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but. I don't know. I just feel like you just shouldn't even engage in road rage. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'm from was a little bit more dangerous than perhaps where I am now, but. Mm-hmm. Like if you flipped the wrong person off, like my friend's big sister, she flipped a dude off and he pulled a gun on her. Yeah. And it's you like, just never know. No, nah, that's not worth it. You know, I'm sorry you were in such a hurry. You had to cut me off, but I'll live. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not no, going to do something just... crazy and try to run you off the road or something. Okay. Yeah. Go on with our road rage. So according to the American Psychological Association, 30 murders annually are linked to road rage. I'm actually a little bit surprised it's not more. 50% of drivers respond to the careless acts of other drivers with aggressive behavior themselves. Mm, yeah. According to the Safe Motorists, a total of 12,610 injuries and 218 murders have been attributed to road rage over a seven period frame in the US. Seven year period? Mm hmm. Mm. I mean, what did you say? How many? Twelve thousand injuries. Twelve thousand six hundred and ten. Wow, that sounds more accurate. That's terrible well, of me to say, but it kind of. Uh. Well, no, I mean that's the thing. Like the murders, yeah, I'm actually do surprised that it's not that much. But it's such the it's the dumbest reason to kill someone because oh, you honked a horn at me. Whoa! <laughs> Let me. Oh, you know what? You got a couple of choices there: yeah. murder or. <laughs> going about your day and don't think about it again right nothing happens when are you ever gonna see that person again maybe you cut them off maybe you didn't it doesn't fucking matter just go and if you're if you're that angered by driving maybe you shouldn't fucking drive okay yeah i'm gonna agree with you on that caitlin 
my god like was... i mean even joel gets pretty upset when we're just driving and it's just like ah oh, this is even very stressful for me that you're so upset over mm. this person that's doing five miles under the speed limit usually i'll say 10 miles but still i'm like... all for like hey like in your car be like stupid like oh my gosh dumb bitch you know like sure say whatever you want in your car but when you start flipping off and like freaking out and flashing your lights it's like let's just take a breather and let's just <laughs> calm down because yeah I'm gonna talk shit about people and they're driving all day long but I'm not gonna be right behind them I mean sometimes yeah. the only thing I do is if I pass them I just look at them just to be like acknowledge that you're dumb just you look. know what you did yeah you know exactly did. <laughs> there's no facial expressions you just look at it and be like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just know that that was a judgy stare yep exactly <laughs> and then there you go and then you get your point across and you feel a little bit better but you don't need to it was a few it was a like a month or so ago there was this big road rage that happened uh near my work it was, they were on the freeway and this guy followed him and shot him and he died and ah! He's one of the 30. He is. And it was so crazy because I saw it. Well, I didn't see it. So, okay. I saw the aftermath. I saw a guy laying in the road. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. While I was like driving the other way, like, Mm. oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. No, he was not okay. And I was like, Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Just because why, why is it worth? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm so passionate about this. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. I don't care how mad you get. Fucking chill. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for my TikTok. Well, and it's just like not even that big of a deal just to kind of keep on driving with harmony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I try to do. Yeah, I got a little bit mad, but you know what? I'm just going to turn up the tunes and sing along a little bit more. Yeah. You know? And I acknowledge when I mess up, like, oops, sorry, the little like haha wave, like hoo hoo hoo. Yeah. my bad you know if I do so- feel yeah. like I'll get I can tell that I just get like super red whenever I do something dumb in traffic mm. like I don't know turn in front of somebody that I didn't see coming or whatever that sounds terrible I promise I'm not an awful driver I was <laughs> like and then I don't even want to look over there because I'm afraid they're just like staring at me and they're super pissed and it's like I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah I mean, we're human. We all make mistakes, you know, even driving, but let's just all give everyone a break. Let's all just, let's all just chill. And especially driving in LA, you have to have patience because everyone's just going to cut you off and no one like uses a blinker. And so it's just like, okay, I mean, this is, this is how it is. I guess I'll get to my location approximately 20 seconds later than I was before. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I remember watching, you know, cause I used to drive from Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa to San Francisco all the time. Like that was kind mm. of a, it's an hour long drive down 101 and like people just drove crazy on that. And I had a point now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I was driving this one time and again, I was probably like 18 or whatever, but this dude was like, just going crazy through traffic, like changing lanes mm. and, you know, going from the right lane over four lanes to the left lane and then back and just trying to like get wherever he was going super quick and then I got off the freeway I was like oh my god that guy is crazy and then later I like got off the off-ramp and there he fucking was because I got there in just the same amount of time 
as he mm. got there. <laughs> it was just like after he was doing all these crazy things and just making, yeah. you know, life a little bit scarier for everyone on the road. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get there any faster than I did. Right. So I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> so dumb. It's was so that really dumb. necessary? No. No. Absolutely not. <sighs> well, good job, Morgan. Just for. I mean, surviving that is crazy. Being ran over three times. That's yeah. insane. That's so scary. That was a pretty long list of injuries. Yes. Oh she just was trying to go to freaking work. It's so dumb. So dumb. So oh. dumb. But all right, Michelle, please, please. Uh, I'll take us out of our road story. rage. Yes, because I'm getting angry. <laughs> sailing rage instead. Sailing. Okay, okay. Well, I just want to quickly uh preface this story that joel and his friend paul are taking a sailing class and i'm not fun wildly excited about getting mine oh what's that i said never mind why oh. <laughs> they are so excited and they're kind of convinced that eventually i'll want to go live on a sailboat at some point live on a sailboat yeah just cruise around the caribbean you know for all of my retirement have you seen gilligan's island yeah and so hence the reason for my story so this is obviously about a sailboat disaster great great (laughs) i mean granted there is man's hands involved but whatever we don't need to get into that what this is just treachery at sea oh okay what the story is about sure (laughs) you're like you're done you can't even i'm not talking to you anymore oh girl okay i'm gonna jump right into it yeah you ready Mm -hmm. so this is about the and i hope i'm saying this right (laughs) duperalt family the what the duperalt family so arthur duperalt which is dad had essentially had long dreamed about taking his family out to sea he wanted to pretty much take him out sailing go see all the seas of the tropics and really he's from green bay wisconsin where it's just like the blue waters of lake michigan that's just cold and frigid and he's looking to go to the tropics and just enjoy life and sun and sea and all that kind of fun that stuff. that sounds great I guess back in World War II, he had actually done some sailing when he was, I'm presuming, in the in the Navy, perhaps. Mm. But he had actually gone kind of into the South Seas and things. And so he sort of caught the bug of wanting to live that life back then. So he had dreamed about it this whole time. And so finally, in 1961, that dream was going to begin to be a reality. Okay. He had become successful enough that he could actually take a sabbatical and take his family for the winter to the Bahamas. Oh, fun. I know. Are you kidding? So instead of facing all the snowy times of Wisconsin, uh, his wife, Jean, his son, Brian, who was 14, and his daughters, Terry Jo, who was 11, and Renee, who was seven, they would all go to the Bahamas together. So everyone's excited. Sounds like a good time. So they had planned to spend a week trying trying the life out at sea. So like, how does the family like sailing together and all that? So they chartered a yacht. They got the extended sabbatical and they had it set up. So if they had a good time, they could actually extend it even longer. Oh, nice. So, I mean, they were really going for it. So they got to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 
and they rented the Bluebell, which was mm-hmm. a sailing vessel. It was a two-masted sailboat, and they hired Julian Harvey, who was a former Air Force fighter pilot and an experienced sailor, to captain the ship for them. Because they, okay. they were not experienced in sailing themselves, and so they definitely wanted someone on board who had experience with sailing. Which smart. Sounds smart. And one of the reasons, I guess, that Julian took the job was because his wife, Mary Dean, could come on board with him. And so she was going to be there. And so they were going to set sail and it was going to be amazing. On the morning of Wednesday, November 8th, 1961, the Duperalts went aboard the Bluebell to begin their voyage. So they steered away from dock and were headed towards the Bahamas. So over the next four days, Julian pilots the Bluebell East towards the tiny island chain of Bimini. Hopefully I said that right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds cool. Uh, it was a village on the southwestern tip of the great Apaco Island. Abaco? The great Abaco Island? That sounds okay. right. Yeah. The group, the family spent the week snorkeling and collecting shells and, you know, just had an amazing time on all these like white sandy beaches and, Mm. you know, just incredible times through the Bahamas. I bet. And they were like, you know what, let's head back to Wisconsin and try to make it back before Christmas. So they had kind of their amazing time. And now they're Mm -hmm. like, you know what, being home for Christmas actually sounds amazing. So let's all get back on the boat and head back. Okay. <laughs> so, so they were, it was November. So they're trying to get home. Bye. Yeah. So okay. now okay. they decide they're going to head back to Florida from the Bahamas and then head back and try to be home before Christmas. And they were just feeling like they had had the most amazing, you know, vacation ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the family was actually like sold on sailing or not, um, right. but they had a good time. That evening, they kind of discussed their plans. Mary, Julian's wife, prepared a dinner of chicken cacciatore and salad. Wow. Um, and that was the last meal to ever be served aboard the Bluebell. Oh. So around nine o'clock that night, Terry Joe, who I think I actually failed to mention, is the star of this, sh- of this story. Oh, okay. This story is actually about Terry Joe. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Oh, I apologize for not even mentioning that earlier (laughs) i'm gonna blame uh mm, i'm gonna blame the tequila rose okay go so around nine o'clock that night terry joe heads uh below deck to her sleeping quarters uh in a small cabin at the back of the boat usually renee also slept there but on this night her younger sister stayed uh up on deck with her parents so it's just terry joe in the bedroom okay kind of my point and in the middle of the night Terry Joe is like startled awake by her brother yelling for help. Oh. And so it's like, help, daddy, help. And Aww. he also heard like running and stampeding noises like above her. So she knew mm-hmm. people were running around on deck. And so she heard all this commotion. And then all of a sudden there was silence. And she's oh. like, what is going on? So she's laying in bed trying to figure out what's happening. She's disoriented. She's scared. She's shaking. Mm -hmm. And after about five minutes, she decides she needs to go kind of check it out, see what's going on. 
So she creeps out of her cabin and she sees her mother and brother laying in a crumpled mass <gasps> in a pool of blood. And she knows pretty much instantly that they were dead. Like she could see clearly that they were not alive. What? So she's like, obviously probably still in shock. So she keeps on heading up. She passes her mother and brother. And she sticks her head out of the hatch and she sees more blood like all over the starboard side of the cockpit. And then she sees maybe a knife there. Um, And then she climbs up on deck and turns towards the front of the boat. And the captain, Julian, lunges at her and shoves her down the stairs again. Oh, my gosh. he's like, get back down there. So she like now has to pass her mother and brother again and goes back to her room. And how old is she again? She's 11. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So she's, I'm sure like fucking freaking out. Yeah. So she gets on her bunk. And so now she starts hearing some sloshing noises and she sees that some oily smelling water is coming into her cabin and (gasps) covering her floor. And she realizes that the ship is filling with water and that she probably needs to get out of there, but she's too afraid to even move. Right. I know, poor thing is completely terrified. So then she sees Captain Julian, sort of his dark silhouette in the cabin's doorway. And he has something in his hand, which she thinks is potentially her brother's rifle. And he's like standing there just looking at her and... All she could hear in the whole room was just this heavy breathing and her own heart pounding. Like she's just super uh-huh. scared. As all this is happening, the water is rising. So, oh my you God. know, they're, it's all filling up. Uh-huh. And the captain turns and walks out of the cabin and she hears him climb up the stairs back up to the deck. And so now water is up to her mattress. In, oh my gosh. Her, yeah. And so she's like, She's got to get out of there. She's realizing yeah. if she stays in there, she's going to drown. She wades through the waist deep water to the stairs where she sort of climbs slowly up again. And she can see that the ship's dinghy and the rubber life raft were floating beside the boat. Mm. So the boat's going down, but she can see these two life rafts sort of floating there. So Terry Joe calls out, is the ship sinking? And she hears Julian yell out, yes. And it was like, he was coming up behind her. He pushed the rope of the dinghy into her hands. And he's like, hold this. And I'm assuming like, so we can make our escape together. Mm -hmm. Of course he didn't say that. That's my own projection. But anyway, (laughs) she's trying to hold the line to the dinghy. And, but she's in so much shock that the line the rope just slips out of her hands Mm. and the d starts drifting away from the bluebell julian jumps overboard to try to catch the dinghy Mm. i think he's like it's his only chance and the ship is sinking right so terry joe just watches him swim after the dinghy until he disappears into the night and she can't see him anymore oh gosh and then she remembers that there is a quirk life float that was tied to the top of the main cabin. That is just barely above water now. Mm. I mean, the, the ship is really sinking. So she scrambles up there and it's a small oblong float that is like made out of, it seems like styrofoam. Uh-huh. So she quickly unties it 
And just as the float came free, the boat deck went underwater. So oh. now the boat is like completely submerged. So mm-hmm. she's like barely able to get herself into this float. So she was half crawling, half swimming to try to push herself out into open water. But unfortunately, the line to the float is gets snagged on some of some part of the sinking ship. <gasps> She's actually pulled under. Her and the float are pulled no! under. But fortunately, the line came loose and she came like bobbing right back up to the surface. Oh, thank goodness. So, So now she's sort of huddled in this small little float and afraid that Captain Julian is going to come back and try to find her. Right. I think she just sort of inherently knew that he was now a bad guy. Yeah. But she couldn't find her dad. What's that? No, she didn't find anyone else. And actually, as it turns out, which we'll find out very shortly, everyone was murdered. (gasps) So the only people who were not murdered were... Captain Julian, Julian and Terry Joe. And I think he abandoned her just assuming that she would probably die. She would just sink along with the ship. Right. I'm like, I already killed like four people. I don't need it. One more on my conscience. Like what? Yeah. She has no food, no water. And all she has on is like a thin white blouse and pink pants. (laughs) And, you know, and it's the middle of the night. And so it's Mm -hmm. freezing. And open water, my gosh. So she pretty much is just floating out in open water. And every now and again, kind of without warning, she would just get sprayed with a wave. Like she would just get hit with all these waves. But all she could think about was like, where's my father? I haven't seen him. So now the next morning, the sun rises. And fortunately, the sun helped warm up poor little terry joe who had been freezing all through the night (laughs) but she also realized now i'm warm and this is actually probably even greater danger because now i'm out in the sun the temperature quickly rose to 85 degrees and the sun just began to completely scorch her she's got no protection and this flimsy float is like starting to disintegrate Like, it just wasn't made for, you know, a life-saving mission on the open ocean. Right, that's fair. And unfortunately, this sort of, the dinghy, God, I keep calling it a dinghy, it's not. The float started to disintegrate, which meant the parrotfish had more access to her legs and things. So now she's getting, like, sort of nipped at by Mm -hmm. fish. And so it's just, like, the fucking worst. So her tongue is becoming drier and drier. Her throat is more parched. But even with that, she had no appetite and no thirst. So hmm, I guess that's, that's interesting. Good. Probably guess. still from the shock and mm. her brain trying to protect her in any way it can. Right. So now the next day, she spent a whole nother night and now the dawning of the next day. And she gets super excited because she sees a small red plane that is like circling above her so she watched it and she tried waving she actually pulled off her blouse and was like trying to raise her or wave her blouse around so they could see her and at one point the plane actually like sort of dove in her direction and she like just was overwhelmed with hope and then it circled a little bit and then left so even with the plane passing directly over her 
it seemed like she just could not be seen. Mm. And she figured it was probably because around her, there was a whole bunch of white caps on the waves. And she was in a white dinghy in white clothes with her poor blonde hair. And she was just probably too small to be seen. And then the plane went away. Oh, so she's still out there. So early Tuesday afternoon, Terry Joe started seeing shapes in the water underneath oh, her float. Oh no. And they were about 30 yards away and she just started freaking out, you know. Yeah, I would. Heart just Yeah, it's like what's coming now? My god. Mm-hmm. Probably sharks. Um, yeah. But as it turns out, it was a group of porpoises. Oh. And lovely. they actually swam near her and and stayed near her for hours and didn't harm her or anything and she said it was very soothing because she would hear the the noise of them coming up and there was the swoosh of them trying to breathe you know the breath Mm -hmm. the sound that the whooshing sound that they make when they surface to breathe and so they were doing that near her and this pod of porpoises just hung out with her for hours Uh, she thanked God for sending them and it just made her heart lighter for the whole, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Sweet uh, yeah. Well, and have you seen that? I've seen footage of like pot of dolphins will come up and protect a person from like a, a shark or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they've been shown to protect people and try to help humans and so okay. I just know seeing dolphins usually mean that it won't be sharks around. I know they don't. Oh, that's yeah. Good call. Well, that's, maybe that's they, they hung out to keep the sharks at bay. Gotcha. So unfortunately, night comes and the porpoises go away and she's just there in the dark by herself. The only thing that the darkness brought that was a relief was the the sun was gone. And so her body was able to cool down and she didn't have the scorching sun on her legs and arms and things. And that's when she really started dreaming and hallucinating. Oh, gosh, I I bet. She's been out at sea for about three days with (gasps) no food, no water, and just on this tiny little float. And she had a dream where she saw her father just sitting peacefully with a glass of wine. And all she could think of is how refreshing the wine looked. (laughs) but she just wanted to drink that wine so she heard her dad call out come on terry joe we're leaving and then unfortunately she woke up and was out in the ocean and wednesday dawns and my gosh she's still out there and at this point the glare of the sun is hurting her eyes really badly she just her eyes are so dry and the pain Mm -hmm. is excruciating all of her muscles ache, um, I'm assuming, from pretty much being cramped on this little float and also having no food or water. And her skin burned, and her, even her skin burned through her blouse and her pants. Even. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she, yeah, she was completely scorched. Her lips were rough and swollen. And now she has to spend a lot of her energy trying to stay above, stay on this float because... Mm-hmm. It's just disintegrating under her. There was rope that kept it together and the rope had like fallen away. And so now it's like almost just a flat piece of styrofoam that she's on. It's just a nightmare. 
and she's hallucinating more and more. She imagined a tiny desert island that had a palm tree and she tried to frantically paddle towards it only to realize that it was not there. Oh um, I know. God. And then she was unconscious. So now the dawn of Thursday comes. She's just in a deep sleep because she's just, I mean, she's been out in the elements again, no food or water. And then she sort of sees this huge shadow looming over her like a giant beast. Like mm. she thinks maybe a big animal is there and she can hear the rumble of it. And she's just kind of freaking out that this big thing is coming after her. And then she realizes like she thinks it's a huge whale that's coming towards her, but turns out it's a huge ship. Oh, thank goodness. So, and she could sort of hear voices faintly and then she feels herself being lifted up. And then she just <laughs> passed out. So turns out she was discovered and rescued. She was she and discovered she was by the, plane? To the Miami. No, she was uh I think actually we get into it later. Oh, okay. Who she was discovered by. Okay. I think it's just a big freight liner. Gotcha. Is going by. So Terry Joe ends up spending eleven days in the hospital. Wow. Um and actually, she ended up being released with no permanent injuries. Wow. But I know. I was like, what? But everyone was eagerly awaiting her become awake because they had found Julian Harvey, our captain, many days ago, like three days prior. And he had mm-hmm. a whole different story of what happened. So, Interesting. So let's skip over to Captain Julian for a little bit. Yeah, I want to hear what he has to say. Indeed. He was a 44-year-old retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel married to Mary Dean Jordan, an aspiring writer and a former TWA flight attendant. The day after the Bluebell went down, the lookout on a Puerto Rico-bound oil tanker spotted this small dinghy out in the ocean with a man like waving, waving, and so they bring him in and he was like, my name is Julian Harvey and I was captain of the Bluebell. And so he told this whole story that he was the sole survivor after this grave accident where what he told him is in the middle of the previous night, there was a sudden squall that damaged the sailboat. And his wife, Mary, and the Duperalts were injured when the mask and the masts and the rigging collapsed. And he said the gas lines in the engine room ruptured and the ship caught fire and sank. And Julian had managed to launch the dinghy and the raft and dive overboard. Everyone else got tangled in the rigging and was pulled below. So he pretty much just said everyone sank with the ship. So a few days later, he's actually been brought to Miami where he's... He was questioned by, you know, the first initial folks, and then he was brought to Miami, where he was to be questioned again by the Coast Guard. Right. Then he heard that Terry Joe had survived. Mm. And the next day, the maid went in and saw blood on the sheets in his room. And when she couldn't open the bathroom door, so she called her manager, who then called the police, and then they went in opened the bathroom door and found Julian who had died of suicide. My gosh. 
So a week after Terry Joe's rescue, officials questioned Terry Joe in her hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And she was actually able to recount the story that completely disproved Captain Julian's story, clearly. Right. And what had happened is her her father, mother, brother, and younger sister, along with Mary, Mary Dean Harvey, had all been murdered uh, upon the Bluebell. Whoa. Yeah, all by at the hands of Captain Julian. Why? Um, what, what they think the reason was is that he was hoping to collect on his wife's life insurance. So he was hoping to just say it was an accident. And now I get, you know, probably twice the money of whatever it was. And so that's the, uh, and they think that perhaps he got caught in the act of potentially trying to kill his wife. And that's when things just got out of hand and he ended up killing everybody because they, they had witnessed it. That's Um, insane. Yeah, I think that's just a theory at this point because, of course, well, most yeah. people are gone. But our Terry Joe, uh, she returned to Wisconsin to live with her uh, father's sister and three cousins. So nearly 50 years later, in 2010, Terry opens up and reveals more of the details of the night her family was killed and then the following days that she spent drifting in the open ocean in the book alone orphaned in the ocean and she always i know she uh i forget what they called her they were like the or uh the ocean orphan is what she was but she tells cbs news i always believed i was saved for a reason if one person heals from a life tragedy after reading my story my journey will have been worth it so sweet oh carrie you're incredible that is like Probably like the hardest thing, not only did your whole family get murdered, you're now alone at sea. Like that is just like on top of a top of each other. I know. I mean, almost thank goodness she lost consciousness towards the end because mm. I mean, I can't imagine her suffering, you no. know, scorching during the day and just being completely burned and then freezing cold at night and who knows what is in the ocean below you are you effing kidding me seriously no open ocean no thank you no thank you but she was smart she oh sorry go ahead oh i'm just saying that she was smart because she remembered where certain things were something that could help her it wasn't just all i'm gonna die it's like i'm going to be floating on this thing i'm gonna save myself yep yes indeed she would have been in mega trouble if she had not found that float and remember right. that it was tied to the top of the cabin and oh so brave 11 year old my gosh yeah i saw one that she was out there for four days um and then i actually saw a different article that said she was out there for five days okay um, either way both so. of them are long that's a long time <laughs> longer than i want to be out in open ocean that's for yeah. sure in a dinghy that is or excuse me i'm sorry a float <laughs> that is falling apart underneath you as you float around if that is the reason why he killed everyone because of money it must have been a lot of money like i i don't know how can you kill someone that you love just for money how could you kill an innocent family that just want to have a vacation like how like i yeah. even a child I'm just how trying to get home that? for christmas yeah yeah that's the worst that's the absolute I worst one um one account where he had 
uh, this is pretty gruesome, had actually taken the body of the younger younger sister into the dinghy with him. And so he could be to show that he like tried to save them. And even though he had like literally just murdered them, that didn't show up in this story. I only saw in a different story. So I don't know if it's actually true or not. But yeah, are you effing kidding? No, that's, I I mean, that is so sad. It just, yeah. Good job, Michelle. I mean, I wasn't expecting, honestly, a a little true crime in there, honestly. (laughs) I know. I almost never do true crime. Yeah. (laughs) We just thought they would go down by natural causes. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. And right before Christmas, too. I know. I know. Just trying to get home for Christmas. In Wisconsin. Makes me think of Amy, of course, of Wisconsin fame. I mean, I just couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. That's that's heartbreaking. Mm. I know. Now I want to check out her book. To, oh yeah, absolutely. Read it. Oh, well, Lord. holy cow! That those were amazing stories. Very brave women, stupid men. Agree. This in this one. I mean, not all men are stupid, but I just don't the understand. The murderers are. Yeah, the murderers are stupid road rage, stupid. I don't know, just freaking snap. Insurance money rage. I don't yeah. know. It just makes you think of like, I mean, people must just get so desperate. I, I guess. mean, if you think that's the only way out, I mean, that's that's all I can fathom. I guess I well, don't I really. Get, yeah. Well, it's just so dumb because he's like, oh, I'm going to get all this money. Oh, she survived. I'm going to kill myself anyway. I mean, it's like, so yeah. it was all for naught. I mean, like, yeah it's just so dumb i just don't understand people's logic i just don't just don't kill people oh that's gonna be like the tagline to our podcast just don't kill people just don't kill people just don't i didn't think we had to say it out loud like it seems like common sense it does seem like that thank you caitlin (sighs) sorry this i'm just getting worked up this tequila rose has got me like (laughs) we're gonna be boxing in the parking lot next No more so tequila angry. rose. This is my first cocktail with tequila rose. And one, I got hella sloshed and that feels immensely clear from this entire podcast. <laughs> um, but also it was freaking delicious. It's very like, tasty. I kind of want to drink more. I know I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't either. As I'm like I'm... trying to lick the inside of my glass. <laughs> <That's> fine. <laughs> I'm just getting violent myself. So maybe, maybe tequila rose is not my friend. <laughs> yeah. I just get aggressive. My gosh. <laughs> rose so uh, terry joe and morgan super brave always have a positive positive outlook it's just amazing you're all are amazing thank you for sharing your stories it's incredible just it's incredible the positive outlook that just stays with mm-hmm. these people is just incredible it is yeah. it's amazing my gosh all right well you guys if you enjoy this episode uh please give it a like and such and try the tequila rose it's great or and, not perhaps or not maybe <laughs> we don't know, I don't if know it what's is happening interest or not <laughs> yeah for sure um well okay well we'll see you guys on the next episode we'll talk to you later okay bye bye